welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, the European Union's parliament declared all 27 member countries an LGBT freedom zone. GLAAD announced they are tracking the Biden administration's progress on LGBTQ issues. A Queer's Folk reboot could be in the works, and Leslie Jordan wants the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, to know the gays have your back. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. The European Parliament has overwhelmingly approved a resolution announcing the 27-member European Union is a freedom zone for LGBTQ people. The result of the vote, 492 in favor and 141 against, was announced late Thursday after Parliament held a debate on the resolution Wednesday in Brussels. The declaration is primarily in response to years of rising homophobic animus in Poland and other member countries. As I've previously reported, several towns in Poland have adopted resolutions in the past two years declaring their communities to be LGBT-free zones. The largely symbolic statements have been embraced by conservative authorities in response to what they view as harmful LGBT ideology that they feel threatens their traditional families based on marriages between men and women. LGBTQ advocates, however, say the resolutions are discriminatory in nature and tell gay and lesbian people they're unwelcome. Last September, an open letter signed by ambassadors from 50 countries denounced the hostility towards LGBTQ people and called for affirming the inherent dignity of each individual. At the time, the U.S. ambassador to Poland tweeted, Human rights are not an ideology, they are universal. Fifty ambassadors and representatives agree. Leaders in Poland responded, saying the Polish people don't need lessons in tolerance because, quote, we are a nation that has learned such tolerance for centuries and have given many testimonies to the history of such tolerance, end quote. During the parliamentary debate this week, Polish lawmakers clapped back again, saying they have a right to defend their families. The Polish government also claimed to have lower hate crime statistics than other Western European countries. But since there's no mention of LGBTQ people in Poland's penal code, the authorities don't keep track of homophobic attacks, so there's no telling how many anti-LGBTQ crimes are committed. The president of Poland, Andrzej Duda, won re-election last year embracing anti-LGBTQ policies. During the campaign, he remarked that LGBTQ ideology is more dangerous than communism. In 2020, ILGA Europe ranked Poland as the worst country in the European Union for LGBTQ people. As we are halfway to the 100-day mark with President Joe Biden in office, LGBTQ media advocates GLAAD have launched the Biden Equality Accountability Tracker, with the acronym BEAT. 
So far, GLAD has determined that 24 actions have been taken from the White House that affect LGBTQ people and rights. In a statement, GLAD President and CEO Sarah Kate Ellis said that the more than 24 pro-equality moves in just the first 50 days of the Biden administration are a stark contrast to the 181 and more negative policies and rhetoric deployed against LGBTQ Americans by the Trump administration. She wrote, The first 50 days have already revealed quite a bit an administration promising action to address inequities faced by vulnerable people, including LGBT plus Americans, and those determined to use misinformation about our lives and our basic rights to be safe and to belong. GLAD's BEAT classifies actions as executive orders, support for legislation, remarks made in statements and speeches, and nominations to positions overseen by the president. President Biden's executive orders from day one to this week seeking protections for LGBTQ people are prime examples. Additionally, the tracker lists names of out individuals as LGBTQ nominations, including Pete Buttigieg as Secretary of Transportation, Dr. Rachel Levine as Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services, Ned Price as the spokesperson for the Secretary of State, and Corrine Jean-Pierre as Deputy Press Secretary. GLAD also notes the appointments of advocates or others to positions that will have an impact on the LGBTQ community. They include 12 professionals to the COVID-19 Health Equity Task Force, which will address COVID-19 inequities based on identity and other factors, like being gay. They also include Linda Thomas-Greenfield's confirmation as the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Miguel Cardona's confirmation as Secretary of Education, and Gina Raimonda's confirmation as Secretary of Commerce as pro-LGBTQ moves. TV producer and writer Russell T. Davies has said he is hopeful for a reboot of his iconic series Queer as Folk, even if he won't be the one to write it. Following the runaway success of It's a Sin in the UK, which was so popular it broke streaming records and drove a 91% increase in viewership, Davies has spoken about the possibility of reviving his 1990s queer classic series. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Davies was asked directly whether he would be involved in the project, and Davies confirmed that Closet Monster director Stephen Dunn would be the one to write a Queer's Folk reboot. He said, Stephen Dunn has the rights to Queer's Folk, and I hope he gets it made. We've read the scripts, and I gave a few notes. I hope it happens, but it's not my show anymore, and I'm happy to hand it over. I don't think I should be sitting here at my age revamping my own property. I think that's a bit sad. He added that when he left the long-running UK TV series Doctor Who, he promised to only work on gay drama, saying, I did Banana and Cucumber and Tofu, all series that he created. And then I did the gayest production of A Midsummer Night's Dream for BBC One that you'll ever see. Then I did Years and Years, A Very English Scandal, and now It's a Sin. I've reached the end of that cycle, if I have cycles. I now think whatever I write will be gay. Maybe it doesn't need to be aggressively queer content, but it's queer because I'm making it. I don't know where that's leading, but I'll find out. Davies, who has been outspoken since It's a Sin's release about his commitment to casting LGBTQ actors in LGBTQ roles, 
also said that he didn't feel that this was possible when he was casting the original Queers Folk in the early 1990s. He said, with hindsight, you think, should we have made more of an effort? Because out-gay actors did exist then. But again, out-gay lead actors. It's a great fallacy to presume all actors are the same. You can't point to an actor and say, he's out. That doesn't mean they're a lead actor. It's my job, as a program maker, to make programs modern. In pop culture, to celebrate National Barbie Day on March 9th, performance artist and dancer Gunnern Montana decided he wanted to bring his own particular flair to the world of Barbie. And when I say flair, I mean g-g-g-gay flair. Working with his collaborator, Colin Burke, Montana turned himself into the very picture of what can only be described as super gay Barbie. Montana describes his artistry as a whole array of visual art installations, prop-based choreography, set design, costume design, transformation of atmosphere, and innovative movement concepts and ideas. For the live art installation, Montana and Burke built a huge life-size Barbie box in retro blue hues. The creatives then assembled a collection of all the accessories a super gay Barbie would need, including dumbbells, a backpack, cell phone complete with grinder, wigs, a fan, bling, a jungle jumper, and more. And what super gay would be complete without some subtle shade? So Montana threw in a passport and an airline ticket so Johnny Powerbottom can jet off to, where else, Puerto Vallarta. In his Instagram post sharing photos of the project, he wanted to remind all his followers to make your own rules, build your own box, and always remember to accessorize. The Philadelphia-based artist then posed inside the box clad in a super gay thong and pink high heels. It was all really fun. In a Facebook post, Montana included a short video showing the construction of the art piece, choices of the accessories, and the costumes. All in all, I was really impressed. And this project is just a single facet of Montana's multiverse of talent. Checking out his Instagram, it was clear that he has a wide range of talents to offer his friends. And I have to say, in posting about it on The Randy Report, I've never received so many comments from people in the Philadelphia area who read The Randy Report saying, Oh my gosh, we think he's great. Oh my gosh, Gunnar Montana is great. Oh, we love him here in Philly. For photos of the project, make sure you click over to therandyreport.com. Emmy Award winner and Instagram sensation Leslie Jordan offered his take on this week's headlines around Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. The Sussexes gave an explosive interview to the one and only Oprah Winfrey, in which they claimed there were concerns expressed within the royal family over their son Archie's skin tone. Meghan also shared that she had suicidal thoughts during her time as a working royal and alleged the firm, which is what they call the folks who run the royal family, failed to support her when she asked for help over her mental health. After the interview, Leslie Jordan took to Instagram to share his thoughts, saying Megan needs to express her truth. Leslie Allen Jordan, reporting for duty. I've been watching this Oprah interview with Meghan Markle. Woo-hoo! Shit's getting real. She needs to speak her truth. That's wonderful. I'm just afraid those royals are going to smoke her. But you don't tell any queen let alone the queen, to apologize for losing a war of drama. 
I hope those kids know what they're getting into. But I will say this, listen. Gays, we gays, we know drama better than anybody. We got her back. Yes, ma'am. Miss Markle, the gays have got your back in this royal battle. <laughs> the interview with Oprah Winfrey brought in over 17 million viewers in the U.S. on CBS, and the next day, over 12 million viewers in the U.K. on ITV. It's love in the time of quarantine for out artist Joshua James and his yearning new single, I'll Wait For You. In a statement, James shared that he originally wrote the song about four months into quarantine, and it took him less than two hours to write, saying, All of those feelings were incredibly raw at the time, so I wasn't surprised at how quickly it flowed. James is in a long-distance relationship currently, and with closed borders, the singer found the only way to meet up with his boo was with the power of FaceTime. He says, in a way, I'll Wait For You was written almost as a swan song to my relationship since we didn't, and still don't, no one will be able to see each other again. He also shares the new song was written with his grandfather's acoustic guitar, but instinctively, James knew the background vocals and overall vibe needed to level up their impact one way or another. He says, if you ask any of my producers, I am one who is prone to wanting grand embellishments on my tracks. James said he felt the piece really needed to have a choir, but in COVID lockdown, that could have proven problematic. But his producer, Mike Tompa, came armed with skills and turned his voice into an army of 30. James says he almost cried the first time he heard the song and had an aha moment saying, when I perform this song live, it's going to be epic. The song features shifting rhythms and a romantic rap thrown in for good measure, and it all comes together with James' smooth as silk vocals shimmering above the gorgeous pensive production. Wanting to capture the essence of his life and the song, James admits there was a duality at play in the music video. He says, We wanted to capture the two sides of me, the one who is JSJ, who wears extravagant outfits and slays, and the Joshua who loves being lazy and hanging out in his velour tracksuit. At the same time, James wanted to play to the focus of the song, being in love and separated by factors outside of your control. He adds, So naturally, I chose to wear a fancy outfit and sing while lost in the wintry woods, while also in my sweats in a studio on FaceTime. It represents the before and after, the behind the scenes versus the final product, and the stage performance versus the crushing reality. He's also kept busy during the pandemic, releasing his previous singles and videos, All Fall Down, and Closer, as well as putting the finishing touches on his upcoming EP titled JSJ. In addition to his performing and recording work, James is an active advocate for mental health rights and a proud member of the LGBTQ community. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. I'm going to close this episode with Joshua James' new single, I'll Wait For You. Just a few quick reminders. Please wear a face mask in public, wash your hands a lot, practice social distancing, and take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.
Showing off love that I missed it, and this is the shit got me thinking about you and me, thinking about us and who we gonna be, thinking about all the times I wish I said that I loved you, 'cause now I don't know when I'll get to come hold you, but. Thank、you.